0: the only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash ETM and enter code ETM at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash ETM. Go to com slash ETM and use code ETM for 20% off.
1: I would say never take a price at face value. Even if you're in a store and it looks like something's on sale, don't assume that you found the best price. Just take a minute. We have technology to help us. We have apps. We have sites to look and see what the prices are elsewhere. If there's another way that you can save and then make your decision accordingly.
2: You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money.
0: All right, let's talk about shopping. A recent survey came out that was featured in USA Today that said that the average American spends $18,000 a year on non-essential items, whether that's eating out or ride share, subscriptions, clothes, grooming products, all of those extra products that find their way into your target shopping cart. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Chances are that if you look in your bank account right now, you can uncover at least a few items that you've spent money on recently that you don't exactly need, but you wanted them. So they went in your online shopping cart and showed up at your doorstep. One of my goals, one of my big, big goals for this year is to be more intentional about non-essential spending, especially shopping, because I've already admitted to you, (laughs) I have a little bit of a shopping habit. So I have this rule that items stay in my cart at least 24 hours before I hit the buy now button. If I come back and I really want it, I can get it. But honestly, what happens most of the time is I usually end up just paring it down to one or two things, or I just walk away and realize I actually don't need the stuff. But that's me. That's my system. You can borrow it. You can have it if it works for you or come up with your own system. Now, there are a lot of non-essential items that you can cut out, but You don't have to cut them all out, but what if you had an extra $8,000 or $5,000 a year just from Shopping Smarter? Wouldn't that make a difference in thinking about the goals you want to achieve? I know that it would for me, which is why I'm tackling this intentional shopping in 2020. So I'm so thankful that Trey is here to share everything that you need to know to do shopping differently this year, more intentional and definitely more mindful. It's interesting when I was coming up to the questions of what I wanted to talk about today, I was thinking about this parallel between the stats of us as Americans not being great savers of money kind of in general, and then this fascination we also have with saving money shopping. So we still want to spend money. Um, and so this is like this real interesting parallel that I wanted to chat about and really focus on how we can cultivate a good mindset around shopping in 2020 so that maybe we just go about this all a little bit better.
1: I love that idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we've rolled out of kind of peak shopping season. I'm sure everyone's kind of dusting off the, the residue from Black Friday, which seemed seemed crazy. But I think every day is a day for, for shopping. We don't have to have those big monumental days. But we also need some tips, I think, that can really help us. So I wanted to just ask you what are some of your very favorite ways or tips or strategies that you have to save money kind of all year round?
1: Sure. So, you know, right now we're, we are still in the thick of the shopping season and we we have a little while left. Um, and, What I'm hoping is that people are sticking to a list of some kind, (laughs) and I do recommend (laughs) keeping lists throughout the year as well, Um, simply because even though we feel like we have it all planned out in our minds, um, we can often go into a store or go online and get thrown off track with all of the uh, promotional emails and um, circulars and crowds and sales. And so it's very hard for people to stay on track and not go crazy when they go shopping and so I do recommend holiday season or not just keep a a nice gentle loose list hopefully on your phone um, of holiday gifts birthday gifts graduation gifts if you keep it all in one place and you check off as you go that's something that you could refer to then next year as you're budgeting for holiday shopping for instance
0: That's a great idea. I'm a big list keeper myself. So what sort of things should you be putting on this list? Obviously, like birthdays and holidays and things like that. But should you be putting down like how much you want to spend per person or gift ideas? Or should you not make it that broad?
1: No, I actually agree. I think making it a little bit broad is good. Um, the more detail you can provide, the better. So all your recipients and then a general budget for each occasion, uh, gift ideas as well, because that can help a lot when you perhaps stumble across a sale and you say, oh, Aunt Joan wanted that blanket and I have it on the list. And it just helps keep you stay more organized.
0: Yeah. And I would imagine that it also helps you from doing that thing we all do, where we walk into like Target to buy one thing and we walk out with $300 later.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And I think that's a part of the problem that people have, especially during the holiday shopping season. Um, I am guilty of this myself. We all are. (laughs) Right. You know, it's like you, even if you have your list and you walk into Target, you know, there you go. Um, And so something to kind of remedy that perhaps is to add yourself to the list, especially around uh, during the holiday shopping season, you should allow yourself a couple of treats as well. um, Because if you try to hold off, it's almost like a diet where you feel like you're depriving yourself and then you might binge and you don't want to do that. So if you add yourself a couple times to your list, a a spending limit as well, that will help give you um, the license to do a little bit of selfish shopping, but also some parameters within which you should be shopping. So if you see a $300 handbag, that's out of your budget. But if you see a handbag that's $50, maybe that's the one thing you can buy yourself this season.
0: Yeah, I really like that. I use that strategy a lot. And I think when we're thinking about like healthy mindset, it's not necessarily that if you put something on a list and you put a budget parameter that you're going to stay within that 100% of the time or that that's somehow going to stop you from buying that $300 purse. But again, I think, tell me what you think about this, but I think it's just those like gentle reminders when you're shopping of like what you're actually focusing on.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. And I think another, um, problem that people run into, especially because we have, uh, many of us have so many credit cards and we have Apple pay and visa pay and so many easy ways to pay, um, that we sometimes forget that when we buy something and we've charged it on our credit card, that that actually matters. And we have to attend to that uh, purchase you know, like we are paying it in cash, right. I would hope. So, you know, I always see this every new year all these surveys being put out there by financial institutions saying, you know, such and such percent of Americans overspent this holiday and are dragging such and such thousands of dollars in in debt into the new year. And I just, every year, just want to put my head in my hands and and cry because (laughs) it's just literally the last thing we should be doing is carrying that debt over. And, you know, frankly, if you're, uh, and I know we'll talk about this in a couple minutes, but we're, we're we like to use savings tactics to save money, and maybe we save 10 percent here and gotta buy one, get one somewhere else. and then we carry debt into the new year. We've just basically negated everything we've ever done to try to save money along the way if you're paying those finance charges.
0: For sure. That's that's a very good point. Uh, I have this entrepreneur friend and her husband is actually in medical medical school. And she is like super great about finding all these ways to save money. She uses apps and coupons and she gets discounts all over the place, whether it's her cable bill or electrical bill. And I think that a lot of people are under this assumption that saving money shopping actually takes a lot of time. So maybe they don't even want to put in the effort. But mm. What what are some ways that someone who maybe hasn't used a lot of these tools can kind of inch their way into shopping smarter, other than obviously the things we've talked about?
1: Sure. So I think browser extensions to me are the be all and end all of very easy smart shopping. So mm. um, for those people who are not familiar with the browser extension, it's something that you install into your browser, say if you use Safari or Chrome, and it helps your browser function smartly martyr. So, um, for instance, Rakuten, which you've probably seen a gazillion yep. commercials yeah.
0: for it right? lately. Um, <laughs> what is their advertising budget? <laughs> I know, it's a lot. And they're going at it
1: really strong, I think, it's because they just bought Ebates and they're trying to brand themselves. Um, and there are so many others. Coupon Cabin has one. Swagbucks has one. Um, so there are lots of good ones out there. And if you're going to do one thing to shop smart and you are an online shopper, I would so strongly recommend installing one of these browser extensions because, essentially, I mean, they all function a little bit differently, but you know, as, as a whole, as you're shopping, they, you'll get a little pop-up and they'll say, Hey, either I found a price better someplace else, or, uh, I have 8% cash back for this site, or I found a coupon that I can run for you. There are so many different things that these browser extensions can do that help you save money along the way. And you don't have to remember, you don't have to do anything except for click accept, and then you you're on your way.
0: And they actually like legitimately because I've I've used them on and off. I will I will fully admit, but they do actually legitimately h- help you save money,
1: right? Absolutely, and and some are better than others. I mean, I I mentioned Rakuten because um, they for some reason have been offering higher uh, cash back payouts than the other. Um, uh, the other browser extensions. So um, I've, I've been taking great advantage of that as I've been uh, shopping for my holiday shopping. And you can either, if you don't want to install the browser extension, you should, you can just go to their site and enter the name of the website that you plan to shop on. And it'll let you know if there's uh, an opportunity there, or you can just install the browser extension and you go to say gap.com or Amazon, and you'll get a little pop-up from them. And they'll say, Hey, 5% off cashback is available. And you just click to activate. It's so easy.
0: I like that. Easy, easy works. And I'm also, because you do a lot of research, obviously, being a being a shopping smart shopping expert. I love that title, by the way. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Are more people legitimately shopping online than they are in stores? Is that maybe why we're seeing more deals online? So here's the thing. So it seems like online
1: is taking over in-store. And, you know, I think we've been hearing this for years. It's not necessarily true. Um, As of last year, I believe it was only 10% of total shopping was online. Yeah. I mean, I keep expecting that number to jump and it doesn't jump. Um, So I would say in 2019, once someone actually you know, drills down and, and finds the data for this, my guess would be is that number will be higher than 10% this year and that's basically because of adoption, right? So um, younger consumers, this is they've grown up with their smartphones in their hands, they've been on laptops, the internet has been there their whole lives for older consumers, it's more like, what's this internet thing? I don't know how to use it and what are all these tools I'm supposed to be using so as the older consumer starts to grab up more of this technology and utilize it and the younger consumer gets older and starts having money to spend there will be more online shopping but what i do tend to see is that you know most consumers still do like to go into the store sometimes for some things to try something on to touch and feel something to smell something to taste something right right so those stores are still they're going to be around they are struggling for sure right now and so really this the retailers that will win um are the retailers that are going to offer uh, a well the 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 official term is omnichannel. Um, they offer an omnichannel experience for the consumer. So you can shop in store or online, or on your phone, however you prefer. And uh, to your point about where the deals are, um, the deals these days are quite similar or the same um, in-store or online. And you will find, though, that um, especially around the holidays, some retailers will offer maybe something a little bit extra if you go into the store. Like, you know, the first 20 customers today get a gift card, or we're serving hot cocoa today. Um, so you will see a little bit of that, and that's to incentivize the consumer to to come into the store still because brick and mortar is uh, struggling a little bit in terms of foot traffic.
0: Yeah, it's so interesting because I don't go to the mall often. But when I do go to the mall, I notice, of course, that no matter what day, what time of the week, it's always crowded. But there are so many stores that are closing that have been are in process of being changed over. Like you definitely can see the shift happening in the mall, but it's still fascinating because it's like still this place that people, especially like teenagers, young people like come to hang out. And it's, it's, I I just think it's interesting from like a business standpoint of of thinking about, is that really going to eventually make the shift where the brick and mortar is is not the place we go to or that we want to go to because I've I you probably have the same thing I have so many friends who just hate going into the stores. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I'm fascinated by this change also, and I love to watch what's happening in the in the stores. When you go to the mall, for instance, you, you might notice uh, more. Service oriented businesses like, you know, you've always always seen your kind of hair salon, you know, and now you're going to see manicurist, maybe a chiropractor, a massage salon, you know, like all sorts of different things to kind of make it so when you go, you can spend the whole day, the food is better. Right. So it's like instead of, you know, the really (laughs) terrible Chinese food and McDonald's and pizza, you'll see a couple of really great, tasty restaurants. And even like the takeout kiosks, you'll have like gourmet mac and cheese, um, gourmet cupcakes. So we'll see things like that. And that's all an effort to bring that consumer in and ensure that they have a whole experience. So a, a mom and a dad can bring all their kids and maybe there's a climbing wall there and Santa's there, you know. Taking letters for for wish lists, and so you will see more of that. Um, I think moving forward, so that that can, families can go and do their whole day there, no matter what the time of year.
0: And there's even a lot of e-commerce sites or e-commerce companies, I should say, who are doing pop-up stores. Right, like I see those in malls a lot. Like uh, the other day, I was in a ma- in the mall, and I saw a Casper uh, mattress store that. For years, I, I, you know, since Casper came out, I said, wow, you know, I would actually really like to, like, lay in one of those beds before I buy one of the beds. <laughs> and so I think that's kind of an interesting way, too, that it's kind of reverse enger- engineering the model a little bit.
1: True. So we're going to see that as well. And you do see Amazon popping up here and there with either temporary stores or more permanent, say, bookstores in certain cities. and. Creating obviously those pickup lockers to make it more convenient for people to go and pick up their packages if they don't want to have them on the front steps. And so we will see more of this merging as well, which I think is really interesting.
0: So you mentioned that the the stores, the Brick and Mortar stores, are doing more to incentivize us to actually come into the store. But let's say we're looking at something we want to buy and we're looking at it online. Of course, we don't know what the discount might be in the store do we just go ahead and buy it online or is it something we want to check both options to see where we would get the better deal? My guess would be
1: that the deal will be the same. If it's the same okay. retailer, the deal will be the same, um, both in store and online. However, if this is an item that is sold at another retailer, I would definitely check the other retailer. Um, so for instance, if it's, uh, a, you know Apple earpods, for instance, and you find them at Best Buy and they're ten dollars off, you should absolutely check if they're available somewhere else at a deeper discount um because retailers are competing against each other, and so you know someone may be offering a better deal, so you should take a moment to i mean I think the easiest way is to just google it, you know google the name of the item and all the retailers that are carrying it will pop up or you can, you know, Google Shopping is a as a specific tool at Google where you can compare prices. So that's another way to do it. Really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. And it's funny because it's pretty comprehensive and easy to use, but very few people know about it. Um, but it's definitely worth looking at. It's It's kind of like... Uh, it's kind of like Googling it, but more, you know, it gives you more information. It's more visual. It's, it's divided up in a, in a more clear way. Um, so I think that's a really good way to see what all the prices are and make sure that you're getting the best deal. And the other thing to think about is, you know, if you're shopping online and then you're, if you're taking sort of cash back opportunities into, into consideration, you might want to bounce around a little bit to a couple different sites and see which site has better cash back. If, a, if one site is offering 0% and another's offering 10, that should factor into your decision to where you're going to buy that item.
0: Oh, that's such a good point. Yeah, I love all this insider information. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's monarchmone dot slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. From Foreign Policy, I'm Rena
1: Nynan, the host of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women. Over the past few years, we've looked at how women around the world are changing societal norms to increase their economic power. This season, we're focusing completely on girls, how they're pushing for a brighter, more powerful future, and what the rest of us can do to set them up for success. Join us for stories about girl power, young women who are fighting for change, to give themselves a chance to live a life of their own choosing. That's season six
0: of The Hidden Economics of Remarkable Women, wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Everyone knows that putting money aside and savings is really important but then what should you keep your savings locked in a cd for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market can your checking account help you save too or is it about creating the right combination we believe real banking is a conversation let's talk about the savings options that are right for you learn more at sandyspringbank.com member fdic
0: We talked about that, that price match, and I'm really seeing that a lot with a lot of retailers where they'll offer to price match you for a certain amount of days or just price match you in general if you find a better offer. Are people actually using these features? Or I guess I should say, like, how do you use this feature the best?
1: That's a great question. I am not a huge fan of price matching, and it's because sometimes it just doesn't work. Or there, there have been great tools that have kind of popped up and then gone away that will um, – I can't remember the name of the one. Okay, so I'm going to – we may need to, like, re-record this part. I'm trying to remember the name of the one that offered this on Amazon, and I can't remember the name of it. Because, and the reason why is because it doesn't work.
0: <laughs> so, But the idea is, like, it'll do it for you or attempt yes. to do it for
1: you? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so – Let's say this then. Um, So there are a couple of tools that have come and gone that offer the opportunity to look for price matching for you, and then they will actually request the money back for you. And they seem to come and go, so... I don't think it's that reliable. However, um, during the holiday shopping season, we do see a couple retailers offer this service, and that's something that you could rely on. So eBay and also Zulily um, offer a best price guarantee around the holidays. And so that's those are maybe two places that you know that if you find the uh, same item at a competitor, they will match or do better than that discounted price.
0: That's good to know. Yeah. I've always been curious about that because I've never used that feature myself, but in theory, I like the idea of it, but, um, but I never actually take the time to figure out within whatever specified time period, if there is a better offer. So that, yeah. that's good to know. And I wanted to also talk about, um, sort of email inbox overload, uh, I have a habit of signing up for every retailer's email to try and get a deal or get an extra coupon, and then of course I have an inbox that has like thousands and thousands of emails. So going through it is is quite uh, quite a task. Do you suggest that we sign up if a if a store retailer has one of those options? I mean, are they really sending out good deals in those emails, or is it just clutter?
1: I think a lot of the retailers are sending out good information. I do recommend maybe using a separate email box. Just for those things that you, when you're getting ready to buy something, for say you're looking for a birthday gift or it's the holidays, you can take a look at your email inbox at your that special promotional email inbox and thumb through and see what's available. Because sometimes uh, retailers will offer something special or exclusive to the people on their list. The other thing that I would recommend doing is signing up for any loyalty programs for any of the retailers that you frequent, because. Um, again, you you might receive advance notice for something, an extra discount for something. So those are good things to do. The. The other thing, the way to kind of avoid the clutter is to use maybe a, a coupon site. Um, I like Slick Deals. It's my favorite one because they oh, crowdsource all deals. their deals. So they have 11 million people voting on and vetting wow. all deals at any given time. So that's, to me, where you can find the best deals all in one place. And they do dedicated pages for those larger shopping holidays like your Cyber Monday or Super Saturday, whatever it may be. So um, that is helpful and you find it all in one place. So that's maybe possibly easier if you're looking to cut out some of the steps is to use one deal site and and get all your information there.
0: That would certainly save me hours of deleting emails. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I hopefully my husband won't listen to this episode. But um <laughs> so so he does this thing where he will he buys stuff online and he'll buy, let's say he wants one or two items, but it doesn't equal out to the free shipping. So he'll just throw in something else that that pushes it over for the free shipping. And then his theory is well, if I get it and I don't really like it, then I'll just return the item. And I I, of course, being a money person, I'm like, well, but <laughs> Then we're actually spending potentially more money just to ship this item. So I mean there's lots of different ways you could think about this, but what are your thoughts on the free shipping thing? Like do we buy up to free shipping? Is that is that is that a big deal? Or should we just buy what we need and and if we have to pay for shipping, we have to pay for shipping.
1: Oh, good question. That is a tough one. So, you know, I, I'm an Amazon Prime member, so I don't pay for shipping there. And yes. I've found, I mean, that's that's a, that's a whole other conversation of whether that, I think it's $119 a year now, um, whether that's worth it for all of us to do. I would say in many cases, it's not. Um, I shop enough on Amazon to justify that. Um, but yeah, that that um, the shipping threshold is really tough because really, be with... Free shipping being so common, it really is something that you can wait for during the year. If you don't have to rush to buy something, say you're shopping at The Gap and I believe they have a $35 uh, free shipping threshold. I usually say wait until you need everything to justify the free shipping or if the store is having a really big sale and it kind of uh, the sale kind of it uh, ways it over. Um, sorry. Um, what am I trying to say? So it, it, it kind of justifies the amount of shopping that you're doing. That's kind of another way to look at it, but I try to avoid paying for shipping at all costs. And I think some people would say, well, look what you're doing to retail. And you know, it's <laughs> kind of like, yes, I know, but I don't want to pay for shipping. Um, I think we've all been conditioned to want to pay for free totally. shipping now. And so I do think it's uh, it is a little bit of a slippery slope, though, like with doing what your husband do- does sometimes, you know, go buying things that he doesn't necessarily need to score free shipping is is a little bit tricky. So I always say wait until you have enough in your uh, cart and then check out.
0: I like that, I like that strategy. And does does any of this change if we're purchasing big items, like thinking about big things like a house or a car, or even some of the technology that can be pretty expensive? Mm-hmm. Are there different tips we should be using to shop smarter or is pretty much the same things apply in that regard? Um, so
1: the bigger items, you should definitely shop strategically. And what I mean by that is there are certain times during the year when certain items are going to be more deeply discounted. So say your um, dishwasher is acting a little funny, um, but you're not near a three-day weekend. You might want to wait if you can until that three-day weekend because many three-day weekends have appliance sales. So if you can kind of wait and buy certain things at certain times, that's very helpful. I have a, um, a blog post on my site. That's kind of like what to buy any, every month that, you know, during the year to kind of help you along, um, and I publish something every month that addresses what are the categories that we should be focusing on this month, and those categories are where the deepest discounts are category wide. And so, the three day weekend is one of those things that's kind of easy to remember. Or end of season is another thing that's pretty easy to remember. So, um, if we're coming to the end of we're coming to the end of uh, winter, for instance, and for those of us in a colder climate, that now's the time that we can start taking advantage of deep discounts on cold weather apparel because retailers are trying to move that apparel out to create space for the spring apparel that's going to be coming in. So if you can kind of think about it that way, obviously, if it's, in the summer, you kind of need your bathing suit now. So you're not going to find the biggest discount on a swimsuit mid summer. But if you can think ahead and maybe get a a swimsuit on clearance at the end of the summer, maybe you use that during your vacation when you go somewhere warm, and then you have a fairly new swimsuit to enjoy for the rest of next summer, if that makes sense.
0: Yes, totally makes sense. That's, that's an awesome way to think about it. So you mentioned your blog and I know you do this professionally. You're on a ton of different TV stations, uh, podcast interviews, all sorts of things talking about saving money tips I'm curious how did you how did you go into building a career around this <laughs> um, <laughs> other than being a good shopper <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've always been a good shopper and I didn't know that this is where I would land um, I started out in the beauty industry years ago and I had my own brand um, with two partners and then I I left there looking for something new to do thinking that I was going to be in beauty and through this circuitous route I ended up started writing um, budget-friendly shopping content For a couple of different websites and then landed at Retail Me Not. So I was the Retail Me Not spokesperson for almost four years and they went through a pretty big round of layoffs. And I uh, went out on my own in uh, late 2015. And so I thought, well, hey, you know, I think I can continue to do this. I learned so much there, but yeah, not something that I planned to do at all. Um, But being at Retail Me Not, I learned so many things about. How to save, um, how to strategize, and I felt like I had a lot to offer um, to consumers because I do walk the walk. I mean, I am I am a very savvy shopper. I do all the things that I talk about. I am very recently debt free, so wow, I, congrats! Thank you very much. Just a couple of months uh, ago, I paid off my house, and so um, hopefully that helps consumers understand that I, I'm actually doing everything that I say that I'm doing.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Is it is it hard to stay up on the trends? Um not, not so much. It's just because it's something that I'm really interested
1: in. It's something that I live. And so every day I'm reading articles, I'm writing articles, I'm researching, I'm interviewing experts. And so I, I kind of sit on both sides of the fence where, you know, I talk to folks like you in the personal finance space um, as an expert, but then I also uh, write for a variety of publications and interview experts. And I'm constantly reading about what's going on and what the newest technologies are and what's happening happening with Walmart and Target and Amazon and, um, small business and big business. And so it's something that I find really fascinating in general. So, and, and I also know that, you know, journalists come to me to talk about these things. And so I really need to be up on my game all the time. Um, so I, I make sure that I know, uh, what's going on. Sometimes I do get thrown off, off guard. Someone may say to me, Oh, did you know that LVMH just bought Tiffany? And I'm like, I did not what? hear that yet. Let me, <laughs> <laughs> let me find minute, out what that's minute. about. Yeah. So I often get requests, you know, I might get a request from Reuters cause they're on top of it, like that instant. And they know the second that that sale went down. And so they're sometimes ahead of me and I'm like, can you give me a half an hour so I can <laughs> research this and, and come up with an opinion? Because that's what they're looking for for me as an opinion as to why this is important. You know, know? So, but I enjoy it. So that's, that's why I, I I'm on top of it for the most part.
0: Well, and I love that you shared becoming debt free too, because I think that there is, when we're talking about cultivating a healthy mindset around shopping. There's, there's this balance act, no matter if we're living paycheck to paycheck or we're debt free like yourself. And I think all of these tips help you remember that it's not that you can't shop, but maybe there's just a smarter way to do it. Like I tell people all the time, why would you spend $100 on something if you could spend $50 and get the exact same thing just by using a few tips? So it's great to hear your story and to hear that you you actually use these tips. This is how you actively shop and that that has been part of the process and helping you along that journey. So I think that's like a great message to to get out there.
1: I think it's really important for people to understand that, like you said, they can shop. They don't have to stop. However, if you are in a tight financial situation, and trust me, I have been there, you should not be running out buying a BMW, you know, like maybe you're, you might be in BMW territory right now, but if you weren't a few years ago, be smart, buy a used car instead be really strategic about when you buy that car or buy a house that's a starter size. And like actually my husband and I did, we bought a starter house uh, It's 11 years ago and we stayed in our starter house and we could have bumped up and we did not bump up. And we did not do so because we are in our early 50s. We want to retire at, at will at 65. Yeah. Which we so choose. And our daughter is going off to college in five years. And we want to make sure that we have enough money for her and enough money for ourselves. And how, what prevents us from getting there is a big fat house and a super fancy car. And we just don't feel the need to do that. And I do think that people quite often get there's a lot of shame around Being in a tight financial situation, there's nothing to be ashamed of. We have all been there. And the other thing is not to keep up with the Joneses. And I think this is something, especially around these big gift-giving holidays, that people fall into is where, you know, aunt Betty usually buys you a $200 X doesn't mean you have to buy aunt Betty a $200 Y, you know, like you buy aunt Betty, what you can afford and she can buy you what she can afford. Don't get swept up in that whole thing where you're trying to match dollar for dollar what other people are doing, because then you're going to get yourself in trouble.
0: I'm so glad you shared that. That's such an important message, I think, to really let it permeate through you because I've been in the place where I have overspent on the car or whatever it may be, and we're all going to do that. That's just human nature. So I think beating yourself up for that is not a good place, but what can you learn from that and and how can you do it better kind of going forward? So I'd love to know like, one parting tip or strategy, anything that you have to offer that maybe help us be more mindful about our shopping and, and be better shoppers this year what what piece of advice would you have?
1: I would say never take a price at face value. Even if you're in a store and it looks like something's on sale, don't assume that you found the best price. Just take a minute. We have technology to help us. We have apps, we have sites to look and see what the prices are elsewhere. If there's another way that you can save, and then make your decision accordingly. And maybe one other tip that I realized that we didn't talk about that I'd love yeah. to very quickly is be very careful with retailer credit cards. Um, we're, we're in the holidays. We're getting ready to check out. And we're going to be getting a lot of offers to sign up for a retailer credit card. And yes, there's probably a generous discount associated with it. And that's great. And a lot of retailer cards offer additional benefits. Like the target red card is one of my favorites or Amazon prime visa reward cards. These are great cards to shop with. However, They have a very high APR. So if you are not prepared to pay that card off every single month, then you should not be signing up for another credit card. And and many of us can't afford to have another pull on our credit reports anyway. So these store credit cards can be a bit of a, you know, bit of a pitfall um, because it's pretty exciting to think about, but then we can get into trouble with them later.
0: I love that Trey shared her own journey to becoming debt free. I think those stories are really impactful to hear and. When you think about shopping and what you spend, doing it differently this year could really be the difference between paying off that last bit of your student loan or getting rid of the holiday debt or even just being able to go on that vacation that you have been dying to go on. You can find all things tray at her website, TrueTray.com, where she offers a bi-monthly shopping advice newsletter that I highly, highly suggest. And you can also find her on all social channels at TrueTray. And what I love is that she's offered for anyone to hit her up if you're trying to figure out when to buy something, what the deals are. She's really accessible, so give her all of your amazing questions and really make this the year that you also do shopping more intentionally. I thank you so much for checking out this episode. On this podcast, we are changing the language around money to help everyone unlock the lives they want to live and just live them out on purpose. Sounds good, right? But now that you're a part of the movement, it's up to all of us to invite others into this journey. So do me a favor, share this episode with someone that you think is really ready to take on the intentional shopping challenge for 2020. Tell them why they should be listening to the show and invite them in so we can all talk about money in this new, fresh, and fun way.
2: Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go,